Welcome to the Body Liberated Podcast, a space for you to get curious about your body while learning to love, appreciate, and exist in the body you have right now. Now let's get liberated. Good day, great people. Welcome to another episode of the Body Liberated Podcast. I am Bria. I'm Dr. Tangi. And we want to welcome you back to another episode. We've already digged a little bit into our topic for today, which is talking about just meaningful movement and how that shows up and how we can allow fear to convince us that we are either not doing enough or doing too much. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Tanji, can you kind of like give us a backstory? Oh, yeah. So meaningful movement. And when we say meaningful movement, what we mean is doing movement that feels good to you, that rejuvenates you, where you feel connected to your body. Like if you're watching this now, you like I'm smiling. Like when you think about the movement, it just feels really good to you. It's not something that you dread doing or anything like that. Like you look forward to doing it. And maybe sometimes you may not feel like doing it because I do have my moments where in the moment, I may not feel like I want to move my body, but I may not feel like doing that particular workout. But once I start, I'm like, dang, I'm glad I started. And so that is the feeling, the definition behind meaningful movement. And what we were saying earlier off camera <laughs> was that you can still practice meaningful movement and desire to change the way that your body looks but what the difference between meaningful movement and working out with diet culture is when you decide to work out when it doesn't honor what your body needs at that current time and so for me this weekend I skipped my workout twice not because I had a lot going on not because I didn't wake up early enough I just honestly didn't feel like it in my core I felt like I should be doing something else and I told myself if the opportunity arises for me to get a quick workout in later on the day I will take the opportunity and if it doesn't then it is what it is and there was a time a year ago where I would have worked out anyway just honestly to seem impressive to be like I didn't feel like getting my workout in, but you can get your workout in too and still make time to do the other things you want to do, like binge watch Netflix and all this other stuff. Like you have to choose when really it's fine if I miss my workout. Like it's perfectly fine to not do your workout that day if you don't want to. It basically is what I'm saying. And I feel like People may say, oh, I need to be disciplined. That's not discipline. And it's like, well, first of all, no, it's not being disciplined because moving my body is a part of my everyday life. So if I don't feel like doing it today, that's fine. I'm going to do it another day because 
movement is a part of me. It's not something I'm just doing, you know, to meet a specific goal, a specific weight. I'm going to do it regardless because I like to, because I love it. And so that's just a little background with what that looks like in the, uh, well, like opposed to like working out with diet culture. Cause diet culture will be like, you gonna do that workout no matter what, even if you don't feel like it. And then you gonna brag about it on socials later, which is definitely something that I've done in the past. This is something that I do as a part of my life. I'm not trying to meet a specific goal. I wanted to kind of explore that a little bit, but what if we are? Right. When we are trying to meet a specific goal and I was literally talking to um, her name is Tiffany Ema. She's our girl in our heads um, on Instagram. And she was saying um, someone had asked the question like, you know, how many it was like reps. I don't remember what it was. Um, and she responded by saying like, you know, I'm not really measuring that right now. And then I responded by saying, basically, oh. it's just what feels good for me right now in this moment. Right. And then we kind of further continued the conversation and it made me realize, you know, sometimes we do have goal oriented um, things that we want to achieve or things that we are trying to do in terms of our personal health and fitness, i.e. me running a marathon. If I just decided that I'm not running, you know, like I'm not running today, there are real life consequences for that, right? And I think that is where the discipline comes in is that if I don't run today, that really could set me back in my goal of running this marathon, right? And so, however, if I'm saying to myself, I don't feel like running today and I just run without even exploring why I don't feel like running, that's where we get a problem, right? Because what is it about the day? What is it about how I feel? Am I on my cycle, right? All of these things. And how can I better prepare a plan, right? Because if it's just myself telling me, I don't feel like running today and, you know, I don't explore why I either not run or I run reluctantly, right? Versus am I able to give myself something, right? Whether that is an extra 10 minutes in prayer, whether that is picking up something else to read, whether that's binge watching a show before I go run, right? Like whether that's a nighttime run versus a morning run, right? Being able to assess what really is going on that's causing me not wanting to do this thing that I committed to. And I think that goes back to all the things that we talk about when we talk about commitment, right? Like, how are you honoring your commitment? If I committed to running this marathon, then I have to follow a training plan, right? Because I want to finish it, I hope. <laughs> so I have to improve my time. I have all of these other things mm -hmm. that I'm measuring that it's important for me to stay on track with this running plan, right? However, if I don't have any fitness specific goals and I just want to 
engage, right? If this was me before um, running, right, marathon training, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't think twice about choosing something else over working out if that's what my body needed. Now, I wouldn't think twice about working out because I enjoy it though, Mm -hmm. right? And let's talk about the fact that meaningful movement doesn't have to mean you're enjoying it the entire time. Yeah. Right? Because I can very much do a very hard workout where I feel like giving up because my body is my body and I can only push it to certain limits and I can push past them as well, right? When I get that real, like, that burst of adrenaline that helps me, like, really get to the next level. And so it's not, doesn't always have to feel like sunshine and rainbows, right? Like, if I'm struggling in a workout, I struggle in life, you know, like it's not always going to, and I would hope that all my workouts are not easy because, especially if I have a goal in mind, if I don't have a goal in mind, in mind, I can twirl and dance all day long and not move, uh, not move out my comfort zone. Right. Because the idea is that I don't need to exert so much energy into maintaining my body, caring for my body. It's only when I decide when, in keyword, I, when I decide that I want to push my body past its limits, that I want to try something, that I want to do something, right, um, whether that's a program, right? I've been doing 645, like I said, for three years because I thoroughly enjoy the program and it pushes me past my limits that I couldn't do for myself, right? It really is like having your own personal trainer and I love that and I hate personal trainers. Hate going to the gym with a personal trainer. I've tried it once and I was like, "Mm -mm, get somebody else to do it. But the programs I love because it's still like that real feel and I'm able to progress in my goals, whether that's mobility or, you know, strength, getting stronger, especially with my core. It just feels so good when you can correct the imbalances in your body and you can feel that. And so when you talk, right, but the culture will make it seem so binary, like it's a, and I think the aesthetics overshadows how you actually feel when you're doing these. Exactly. And it's just like, I'm doing this because I know it's gonna, I know it's gonna help me lose weight. Do you know how many ways you can lose weight? And if you truly don't enjoy, don't, but I enjoy the benefits after, okay, that's a start. If you enjoy the benefits after, you should probably explore why you don't like doing this, why it's, why you don't like doing it. And some people were like, well, that's because I don't like, I don't like exercise. Is it because you don't? 
like the way it feels when your body is being pushed to certain limits. And if that's the case, maybe you should try, maybe you should really strongly consider just doing movement that keeps you in your comfort zone. Because what that means is you don't like being pushed past your comfort zone. And it's not a direct link that says, if I don't push my body past this comfort zone, I won't meet my health goals. That's key right there. That's, you know what? That is, that is key. Like, let's run that back one time because a lot of people think that in order for them to get their health goals, they gotta be doing the strenuous, over the top, make you want to vomit type workouts. And some people like that feeling of, I'm gonna get to that point until I feel like I can't do it and I do it some people love and hate it like for me I'm that type of person I love complaining about how hard that workout was like I love being like I almost died she killed me like I love that a lot of people don't like that and it's okay if you don't like that there's something else where you can get to where it feels comfortable where maybe you break a little sweat, the discomfort is like, okay, I'm liking this. And you can still get where you need to go. Yeah. Because why are you torturing yourself doing something you don't want to do or don't like doing, right? Like when I get discomfort in a workout, I used to like just throwing the time, like I used to give very minimal effort. And that's because I, I just, I, in my mind, I hated strength training. Like I hated anything that, especially like my core and my arms, it was on a get somebody else to do it. Like for real. But once I explored that thought pattern, like, why do I actually hate this? Oh, it's because I don't believe that I can actually do it. That's really what it was. I don't believe that my body is capable of doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And once I push past that, like I'll be doing them planks and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I did two minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? And it's no. not like, I'm not dreading like, oh my gosh, this is the part where I'm going to have to exert all of my energy. I'll be like, let's go. <laughs> let's get it. And if I don't make it, I try as hard as I can. And I will argue I've never not made it since I changed my mindset about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean about the exploration and the curiosity is if you don't enjoy working out really explore that because there may be an an internal belief that's deeper than what you think it is for sure I think it's always deeper than I just don't like it like you have to be willing to ask the tougher questions and get down to the root of it like think like you said you got to thought oh I just don't really I really think I can't do it and so no one's really asking those questions. And I think because people don't want things to be this to be that deep <laughs> all the time. And it does feel like, damn, I gotta get deep again. But when it comes to 
your life and making the most of it, you have to get deep about things that you want to be a daily part of who you are. If you're trying to really make a shift, you have to get to the root of it. If you're not trying for it just to be an aesthetic level, not just trying to look a certain way, you have to get to the to the real root of it because I go back and I think about three or four years ago, like that was me too. Like I literally only thought working out was a tool just to make your body look a certain way. That's all that I saw. I really believed that. I had all these beliefs in my head that were attached to different things about what I thought I can do, but I wanted to be the type of person who really enjoyed working out, who wasn't afraid to do certain things, who wasn't afraid of what the person would look like and I had to get to the root of it and so if you are listening to this and you really want to be that type of person like you see other people like that and you roll their eyes like you roll your eyes at them but you roll your eyes because you wish you could be them I know that because I used to do that then you got to do the work now if you're listening to this and you're like f all that (laughs) I'm just trying to get a shape for summer well we're not the podcast for you for one at this time (laughs) because you're not ready to do the work but I believe that if you're listening to this you are ready to take that next step and really make movement a part of your daily life not just a means to an end to get a certain result because like we already we say all the time in our outro if you give to your body your body gives back to you that's not a something that we just say just to say it it's a true fact so you will lose the weight not necessarily because you're eating right you're doing all the right things you're being healthy but the person who you were 20 pounds ago if you lose 20 pounds you're not that person currently right now even if something happens and you gain the weight back it won't really matter because you're not that same person so you'll be able to be like okay this is why I gained the weight or maybe I gained muscle it's just so many different factors that you have to be willing to consider it all if you really want to make this a part of your life and meaningful movement is a part of your life it's not a 30-day plan to get abs for summer like it's not that (laughs) it's not it's not a 30-day plan there's no but if it is that assessing why it is that yeah right like why is it that Mm -hmm. and being very clear like if I'm trying to get abs for summer why exactly what what is it and there's nothing wrong with wanting abs like if that's what you want to do we are here to support all of your body goals that you have if you really want them but getting really figuring out do I want this why do I want it because I feel like that's really what it's all about and it don't have to take a long time to do you know if you're doing something like in the in your heart you know if you're doing it because you want to or because you feel like it's something you have to do you know the answer to that you don't gotta make a whole journal page about it you know you may have to sit for a second and be open and 
to what how it feels but you you know you know the answer to that question mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes it's you know the answer to the question but you don't want to be honest with yourself about it and I really want to speak to the people that don't want to be honest with themselves about where they are and why they are the only way to disrupt the cycle weight cycling disordered eating patterns the only way to disrupt that is to be able to identify where your what your body image narrative is where did it all start how and why did it continue to grow the beliefs that you have about your body and I've been talking a lot about internalization with my clients and it never fails. Anytime I talk about internalization, it's defense mode, right? Like, what? That's not me. I don't believe that. I don't, but you do. And how internalization works is even if we don't necessarily want to believe a thing, the more we're influenced and the more things become reaffirmed based on our experiences, the more those things start to take root. Mm -hmm. And when they start to take root, we then start to behave and have these implicit biases that we don't even know exist, right? Like the fact that I always in my heart knew that it wasn't necessarily about the weight, but I still persisted in wanting to lose weight, right? I persisted in clearing out everything else that had to do with my life and focused on my weight. And I wasn't intentionally not focusing on the other areas in my life. However, those beliefs that if I change this about myself, then the other areas in my life will change too. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. And it's not how it happened at all, right? The one thing that did happen was I felt more desirable because I was more desirable according to society standards. Now that is truth, but it's not fact. <laughs> it's a relative truth. I was more desirable because I fit in with the parameters of what desire desirability looked like. Mm-hmm. And so being clear that just because you're now experiencing this new thing, doesn't mean that the old thing was less than who you are today. It's just more appreciated and more accepted in society. Yep. And I continue to, you know, I continue to try to, you know, make my body a certain way and do things to, you know, promote being the acceptable fat and all kind of things, right? Because those were the messages that I internalized. 
but I knew all along that 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 did not matter and it didn't matter to me and that's what made it that's what made it so dreadful was because I knew it didn't matter to me but it mattered to everybody else yeah so I sacrificed myself for the sake of trying to fit somebody else's standard and I vow I would never do that again yeah it's definitely better on the other side yes like I can I can be healthy because health is a priority for me it's a value for me because I want to live a long life but when we start making health synonymous with weight that's where I literally thought about this the other day and that is if you think about the associations of fat people right they're lazy you're making excuses and this all came up when I was reading something about someone who was kind of like against the body liberation movement Mm -hmm. and body positivity and all of those things Mm -hmm. and they were basically like you make excuses for things that you don't want to do or can't do. Mm-hmm. So this body liberation movement, body positivity movement emerged from people who aren't disciplined, don't want to do the work to be healthy, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. who are lazy. And these are all things, right, that people associate with being fat, right? You're lazy. You don't want to work. You don't want to do this. And I started to think, that the same stuff they used to say about black people we're lazy we don't want to work we don't want to do this we don't want to do that and that's why we are where we are that is how internalization works Mm -hmm. people make you feel like because of where you are you are now you know it's not about the people beating you up in the systems that aren't prote- aren't there to protect you. It's about what you're doing as an individual that is causing you to be this way. Exactly. It's discounting all of the systems that you're in that led you to be there. It's like taking all of the responsibility off of the systems that led you to be where you are and just putting all the responsibility on you when it's not all on you. You you played your part, but you're still in the system. Still in the system. You're, you're still in the system. And I think that's why, to your point, we give so much grace when it really comes to rejecting the diet mentality, rejecting diet culture, because- It doesn't matter how you essentially grew up. Your parents could have instilled in you to have great self-esteem. I know me and Bria's parents did. But because we live in America, we live in the the world, there are systems at place that you're going to internalize diet culture. It is, it is, it's served to you for breakfast, mm-hmm. literally. It's literally served to you for breakfast. So if you can't, you can't get around it. And even when you look up the word that, like when they use it as a descriptor, they use it to describe someone who is not 
in peak shape right because like that the definition just means large basically just another word for large larger than access skin whatever right but like they use it like the fat truck driver who something 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 the sense that you can get a visual right they didn't say the fat athlete that ran 10,000 miles right which based off the definition it would be an accurate way but because there's so much negative connotation to it we would never use that as a way to describe somebody who is athletic we would never use that athleticism and fat in the same senses because athletic has always been a term that is associated with people who look a certain way, who are slender, who have muscles, and athletic don't say that in the definition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't say that. And it sucks because there's so many people who think that they have to, me included, I thought I had to look a certain way to be able to use those terms when in reality, that's not true. And I think that's why it's so important to look up definitions of words because the definition and what society puts on it, like you don't have to agree with what society says about the word fat. You can use it if you feel like it's a descriptor that um you know that describes you but it's kind of like we did I think you gave the example last time about like if you want to say the word nigga right like obviously black people use it to each other but if a white person calls me that you're using that as a slur just like if a person that doesn't know me that's talking about me oh she's fat depending on who it is like when we got teased in middle school and they was like you're fat they wasn't do using as a descriptor they was trying to be mean and hurtful and so it's like no you're not just gonna throw it around and think I'm not gonna catch it but at the same time if I want to use that to describe myself I can and so it's crazy how the world works when it thinks about like body liberation and all those things like (laughs) that's the one thing that it's making excuses for people not to take accountability for their health because then I'm like well where's the accountability for the um slim smokers where's the accountability for the slim people alcoholic exactly the slim alcoholics where's the not even slim where's the cut but we're using slim because those like no one would think that where's the accountability for the slim people who are constipated all the time for like where are the where's the accountability for them oh there is none they're not lazy they're 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 not doing any of those things because they look like they have it all together and they don't. And I always like to use the Red Table Talk as a perfect example when they did that episode. If anybody that watches, I don't know if people watch it anymore, but when they first came on, they did the episode of how all these people aesthetically looked beautiful. You know, Will, Jada, their children, like aesthetically, they are very attractive. But internally, they had some issues. They weren't sleeping. They weren't pooping. 
they couldn't eat certain things like they were just completely just a wreck right but people still be like oh I want to look like this person without even and, and I'm thinking to myself like but I'm based off of in society's eyes no one's to want to hear about how I sleep good every night and I use bathroom no problem you know and those are important things that people just discredit so I didn't mean to go down a tangent but I just want to make sure I gave some real life examples for you yeah absolutely and I think that um in the book um in search of our mother's gardens by Alice Walker she mentions right like we basically we are to advocate liberate right all of these things she didn't use this verbatim but this was my takeaway from it and in that it's in the definition of what womanism is and it says a separatist only when it comes to my health and I think that was the most powerful thing for me because health should be based on the individual And that's the message that we continue to share is that we, if we took more care and attention to what we're doing for ourselves, we will be better able to support ourselves and our bodies and give our bodies what it needs. So in terms of meaningful movement, figuring out what is meaningful for me, what what match what matches my lifestyle and what matches my vibe right for me I used to love I haven't done a Zumba class in forever me but I used either. to love love, love Zumba love Zumba love and it. I stopped doing Zumba because I don't know to be honest I think it's just because I stopped going to the gym and stopped you know, doing workout classes, but that fits my vibe. I love to dance, right? Oh, that was another thing too. The instructors, I just was not vibing with. <laughs> it really depends on the instructors. It life. depends on the instructor. And once you have a bomb instructor and something happens and you can't find the bomb instructor anymore, going to somebody yes. else that is mm. so hard, you just be like, I could have been at home. So it really does matter. I like to love Zumba. Mm. And my Bennett sister, she actually, I always used to go to her classes when they were virtual, when we were back in COVID. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't have him like during the time that I'm usually available because she stays out on the West Coast. But oh. I used to love Zumba and I love, what is that? And now I've grown to love, you know, doing um weight training I don't think I'll ever become like you know when they be like lifting heavy heavy um sport but I really do enjoy how it has composed my body and how I feel good in my body and not obsess over it right and I think when you find when you explore movement for what it feels like for you, whether that is some type of, you know, like light movement or like cardio or 
intense cardio, a hit class, a spin class. There are just so many walking. There are just so many things that you can do to integrate into your life, mm-hmm. right? I encourage all of my ladies because most of my ladies who come to me for therapy are working women, like professional women. And I encourage them and they work in offices, right? Get outside on your lunch break. Do not sit at that desk and eat that lunch and do them notes. Like that is, that's the one thing that we, we, and that's accountability every week. Can you take a walk? right? Step out. If you're going to eat lunch, get away from your desk. Mm -hmm. Like go to the break room. If you can't access outside, right? My go-to is always outside first. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put, I need to, I need to do, I need to deck out my backyard so that I can put some stuff back there so I can take my lunch outside. Like, Take your lunch outside. You know, if you pack your lunch, I'm sure that they have, you know, like sitting areas outside of your job. If you can't take it outside, take it to the break room, but do not multitask and try to, you know, do notes and fill prescriptions and all of the things while you are taking your lunch, Mm -hmm. right? It's the subtle things in that. And then once I'm finished with my lunch, I'm relaxing. That could be a light walk, right? 15 minutes after I've eaten for 15 or 20, right? It could be a light walk. And that could be just what you need, that invitation of vitamin D to give you that second win for the day. Mm -hmm. You know, there are just so many things that we can integrate to help ourselves live live well beyond just diet and exercise. Your nutrition is important. I would not argue that, right? But if you don't have an unhealthy relation, if you don't have a healthy relationship with food, it's going to be hard to honor your body's needs through giving it what it needs nutritionally. Mm-hmm. You have to start there first because that's counterproductive. Yeah. If I don't have a healthy relationship with food, why am I focusing on what it is I'm eating? Um, so, and focusing on diet does not heal your relationship with food because you still have the beliefs about it. So know that those things are different. Those are just some helpful tips that I could give you to really help you to start seeing health in your body as separate from these fads and the 30 days for this and the 60 days for that and the 90 day supermodel makeover. Um, You know, you know, so... That is what I want to leave you all with for this episode. Dr. Tanji, you have any closing thoughts? Um, I don't have any closing thoughts. I would say, and this is going to come up later on the um, Body Liberated Instagram account, but I would say really take some time if you are a person who already has a workout routine, regardless if you like it or not, 
regardless if you're actually on a weight loss journey and you're listening to this, I would say skip it and use that time to explore some of the questions that we ask. Explore what would you want to do that you actually like like to do? Like take that time to like Google a Zumba class near you if you like Zumba, Zumba, uh, Google a Pilates class. Like that time that you already set aside to work out, I would say skip it this week and use it to really do something that fills you up, that fills your soul, that gets you excited about something new. Maybe you don't know if you're gonna be good at it. Who knows Maybe you can't do it that same day, but you can use that time to plan for it in a week or two weeks. I would say do that. Um, That's my last closing thoughts. Thank you, Dr. Tanji, for those closing thoughts. And ladies and gentlemen, just remember, when you give to your body, it gives back. You deserve to be liberated. We out. Scars from a lifetime From not loving myself It was never the right time I had to speak to the cosmos To realign My synergy This energy will center me I keep on falling I keep on falling Deeper I keep on falling Into the depths of